0: Collective. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and today I'm here with a couple folks. First off is my my co-host, the Blue Wizard, and we are joined by our special guest today, Seth of Boltneck Possum. Oh, Possum, we uh, we'll have to clarify that. <laughs> and and creator of the Spectacle welcome thank you for having me on oh thank you for coming on it's 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 good it's good to get a chance to to chat with you about this now this is not the society of the spectacle which oddly enough i (laughs) i have been i just got a copy of (laughs) it, flipping through recently
1: this is i will neither confirm or deny that there is some influence
0: there oh And and, and and I, I want to start with, well, actually, we probably need to start start this whole thing by thanking our sponsor.
2: Ah, uh, yes, that uh, would be a good idea. So definitely thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, Brooklet Games. Head on over to brookletgames.com for awesome adventures to bring to your table, especially if you like giant bugs, generated adventures, and cool micro-settings. Thanks for the support, Brooklyn Games. Thank you
0: very much, Brooklyn Games. Jim Jim, Jim over there at Brooklyn Games is a, is a wonderful human being. I appreciate him a great deal. <laughs> All right. So uh, two things I want to talk to you about, Seth. First off, possum versus opossum. I mean, uh,
1: I, I say possum, but... I think colloquially in the United States, possum is what's accepted. I've been corrected before that possum is the one in australia and opossum is the one in the west uh frankly i think opossum or possum is fine i went with (laughs) opossum just because i like the o
0: (laughs) (laughs) i like that i like that yeah
1: Yeah. language is an interesting thing the more you look at it (laughs) the more you look at how it changes and plays plays on people is very interesting yes (laughs) oh yeah so the spectacle What, what what are we looking at here uh, spectacle is a Troika setting, not done with any association with Melsonia, but is sort of my homage to Jack Kirby's fourth world in some way. Oh, I the, love that. The, the <laughs> disca- uh, particularly emphasizing the trend of like planets that are living throughout various uh, comic incarnations. I love that. Um, so the opening of the book is sort of this soft like narration of a planet that is more or less just a giant eye all it does is see it does not know <laughs> why or what and it's floating through the cosmos until it like finds another world and as it watches it it absorbs that world into itself
2: Oh. I but <laughs>
1: slowly but surely as it takes on and like destroys these other worlds it starts to notice that there's little smaller forms of life living on those worlds and it takes some of them and puts it on to live on him on them and uh eventually it becomes sort of a the spectacle of watching these little lives that live on it and forcing them to fight in like a gladiatorial arena and do things for its entertainment and whatnot a lot of it for me came from a conversation I had with my brother-in-law, actually, who will not listen to this, so I'm not worried. <laughs>
2: oh, no! <laughs> uh, where he was uh,
1: talking about... Uh, he's got several sons, and they're little kids, and he was talking about teaching him to play StarCraft. He's got teaching to play StarCraft because it's the greatest form of video, uh, video games, because it's like how you how you learn to play war, and what's more tactical and interesting than war... And my response was, well, peace is a lot more complicated. <laughs> and then further right. than that, <laughs> I came to thinking about a quote from, I think it's Jonathan Langan, who's the guy that like wrote Rent. He's a playwright, which is, mm-hmm. the opposite of war isn't peace, it's creation. Oh, I like that. I appreciate mm. that. Um, if you look through any of the backgrounds within Spectacle, so many of them have some sort of artistic or artisanal or creative aspect to the backgrounds because it's so, so much part of being a person. Mm-hmm. And I want that there to emphasize also the emerging personhood of this giant planet who is taking something from these worlds it's destroying and creating something new.
0: I like that. I appreciate it. Now, I, I'm I'm going to do a rewind here and go on... Go on a bit of a rant. Have you, have any of you read? Uh, I'm assuming, Ian, you've read some of the fourth world stuff at least.
1: Yes, it's like, yes. like,
0: like, I, like, I, when I was younger, I had the, I, well, in my late teens, early 20s, when I started working and didn't have a family to pay for, and I just had expendable income at that point in time to buy whatever books I wanted. I yeah. had a pull list on comics that was crazy, and, and almost every payday. Uh, I would go blow everything I had on comic <laughs> books and toys and role-playing games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I was able to collect up and get all the original New Gods issues. Never got all of the Fourth World and the Mr. Miracle stuff. Now, if if people aren't familiar for the audience, uh, Jack Kirby left Marvel Comics at some point in time. Was that the 60s or was it the early 70s? It was the
2: 60s, early 70s, somewhere in there. Yep. Yeah, I think it was the like 71 or 72 mm-hmm. maybe
0: and he wrote uh multiple books they kind of call them the fourth world books there was um there was the new gods which is orion and light ray and that's where we know dark side from who makes it into movies and stuff like that and steppenwolf and all those mm-hmm. characters came from there it was kind of his own little uh, well new gods but then there was the fourth world now they were a little more. Um,
1: Voltron E, the Fourth World book. Yeah, yeah, they're very. um It's it's very much his like attempt at like regurgitating mythology, yes. forward into something new, yes. Um, it's honestly like one of the more interesting examples of pop art, in my opinion, because I it's love it. yeah, because it's taking so much of like the what would be considered the classical and making it something different. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a weird humanity aspect to it as well throughout so much of the work. Like you mentioned the new gods, my favorite detail is the fact that we get introduced to the new gods and this setting through an issue of Jimmy Olsen, Superman's best friend. Yes. We do not get I was it mention it. That. We <laughs> don't get it through like some superpower thing. It's just Jimmy Olsen in full drag investigating something, stumbling upon this <laughs> this portal to a new world it's excellent yes no
0: it's probably been over 20 years since i've read any of those books yeah. so I, I will preface that but I, they in my memory and recollection they were some of them, like on the top 10 favorite like that what he does so he leaves marvel and he makes his own characters and his own epic story with the mm-hmm. fourth world stuff and new gods in the fourth world and mr miracle that's where you get big uh big barda and all those characters come in from kirby there I love it. It's some of my favorite all time
1: comic book stuff. So I like this. So I'm putting that up there. And and when you look at the cover, my artist, uh, Mark Conway, uh, I came to him with it and just sent him a bunch of different pictures of some Kirby art and some Mm -hmm. like uh, Pierre de, I can't remember his last name. He's a French artist who does similar stuff. Mm -hmm. And he knocked it out of the park. Color palette, artistic, like, use of hmm. shapes and whatnot and yeah recall, I w- i'm well. really proud of that because it's hard to find an artist who when you like hey i want you to draw like kirby can actually pull it off so <laughs> yeah so
0: we know the basic overall idea mm-hmm. here right and and a lot of this if uh, troika can someone a lot of this is what, what the what, they're not
1: called classes in troika are they where they called? uh they're called backgrounds, oh, are they called backgrounds. backgrounds That's right. yes Um, This consists of 36 backgrounds, um, 36 backgrounds that are each uh, sort of a lost person from one of these worlds that Troika, uh, sorry, that Spectacle has absorbed, using mostly a, I don't want to call them Jungian archetypes because I'm not a young young fan, but (laughs) uh, the concept of the warrior throughout history, the concept of just like survivors Mm -hmm. throughout history, And they all have like an interesting little tidbit. Like, I'm pretty sure I have a bug in there that's just like a giant cockroach that's obsessed with gambling. (laughs) I believe there's a Cossack, like a Cossack warrior, uh, which is sort of a nod to Ukraine. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a handful of different references throughout and some comic book references like (laughs) Adaptive Automaton, which is more or less a mazo from the comic books, things like that.
0: I appreciate that. I, I do. That's pretty cool. And we've got all kinds so and that towards the end, we start getting things like encounters and stuff like that. Is that a D6? That's not a D66 table. What are we looking at? Uh, a I D68? believe the
1: back, I believe the back end is a D68. Let me make sure. Oh, that's,
0: yeah, it is a D68. So we're gonna roll a six-sided and an eight-sided. <laughs> <laughs> I I am going to. I don't have my a di- hey, uh blue. You got <laughs> your dice available. You got a six and an eight at the desk. Um, I do have my dice here. Actually, I I thought I, I took all. So we played last
2: night our nice. C
0: game. <laughs> Excellent.
2: That's, that's why my dice are not right. Mark. Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I have many bags of dice, and uh, if you ever come over to play over here, you know that I have quite a few ba- uh, dice sets, and they're all black and red, if I recall. <laughs> oh well, one of the one of the sets is a red and black set. <laughs> yeah. I do have the red and black set; it's a good size one. My my OG set is a is an old purple one. I started in probably like eighties, nice. uh, late eighties, nice. early nineties, and that's my classical DMing one. <laughs> Uh, i i kind of have my sets color coded at this point because after i had so many dice, i just started collecting them and vague mm-hmm. generals like oh all the green ones go over here and eventually i had full sets
1: <laughs> for a long time i had a buddy that uh anytime he'd roll a consistent number of natural ones or something he would uh Put that dice in the freezer to teach it a lesson. <laughs>
0: Put it in an ice cube. Put yeah, try right? freeze it up in there like it, like honing carbon freeze. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want I'm I want to do a roll on some of these some of these. Sounds chambers. excellent. We got, a, we got a gladiator generator here. Oh, we do, <laughs> and that's a D sixty six. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we have the D68 Encounters table. Blue, which one would you like to tackle? The The G- Gladiator? Well, let's both do a Gladiator Generator one to start with. That's a D66. All right. I got a 53. And I can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> Zygon. Uh, Bathed in blood. Bathed in blood.
2: <laughs> All right. I've got a 25 here. And that is... Lelantha, face
0: of their father. And Lantha, face of yeah. their father.
1: I would honestly, as far as the pronunciation, uh, there is no pronunciation guide to this. This is go with what your gut says because it's all about trying to present that alien nature. You have that a lot in the fourth world where you're oh, reading yeah. and it's like, what name is that? Like, who is Rotlop fan? Huh? I don't, I don't think that's a letter.
0: now for a d68 encounter i'm going to grab one of these and see what kind of encounters come up here i've got 57 and 57 is 10 oculent pretenders spelunk deep into the sphere they desire the eye's attention
1: so each one of the uh Generators here is divided into a pos- like a part of spectacles. So this is supposed to be spectacles, guts. So this mm-hmm. is like if you were to dig into the planet, yeah, oculate pretenders. So, Spectacle is this giant eye planet creates its own artificial life called Oculants, mm-hmm. And if you flip through the book, they're things that have many eyes or just one eye. They're very odd eye themed enemies. Mm-hmm. Oculent pretenders are those that have been marooned here in some way. And have started to worship spectacle as some sort of ah, a god.
2: I uh, I rolled up an eighteen, which is a cluster of number arboreal vampires, <laughs> wiggle their leaves and roots at passing. Through. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing. The
1: best thing about that is I think the name is name like inspires enough there arboreal vampire, some sort of yep. blood sucking tree, right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My
0: my mind goes to the assassin vines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't somebody? And I think I may have passed. I'm pretty sure there's a zine floating around out there somewhere with just uh, plants, like plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I monster is. Is I can't that,
1: remember what it is, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, maybe
0: I do have. Maybe I do have a zine, a zine or two like that. Maybe I do have that zine. I'm, <laughs> I have to look through my zine collection. Pretty sure I got a plant zine back. There were just plant monsters. <laughs> So, spectacle as this as this giant planet. Now, I, I had mentioned uh, what's his name, Society of the Spectacle. Spectacle. That's that's Guy DeBoard, correct? That's Guy DeBoard, Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. I, I'm curious. You said I, I'm curious if there's any any uh, influence on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so so much of a spectacle. The zine I'm writing here is about how we're always being watched and observed. Uh, whether we acknowledge Mm -hmm. it or not and how the observations that are made by others can affect our existence Mm -hmm. i would argue that laborde is talking about that in some regard when you get into the more uh, epistemological side of what he's talking about um i don't necessarily i'm not necessarily diving into the heavier marxist side of his critique Mm -hmm. with this because it's a floating planet (laughs) i don't really like to deal with economics in game because Mm -hmm. any economic system falls apart in like three (laughs) seconds in a game yeah um it's there to facilitate easier things for players Mm -hmm. this is a more a nod to the concept of how we observe things and view Uh, things i appreciate that now you're you
0: have an education in philosophy specifically correct
1: correct correct my uh yeah my undergrad was in uh philosophy i was on my way to do either grad school or law school mm-hmm. um and decided against it mostly because of mental health and things of that nature
0: i i, I am I, I i see i would say that i'm interested in philosophy but my schooling was not in that i'm a social theorist uh sociology and social theory was the thing that i got into the most in latin american studies i'm really into history and uh the socio-political history mm-hmm latin america is like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but a lot of that overlaps and and for many decades i've really uh, and i don't know when it started i i've really been into i guess as a hobby reading philosophy and doing
1: philosophy i think there's a there's a divide that happens within common conception of philosophy that like oh it's either too complex or not something <laughs> i'm interested in well there's a lot to be said that so much of academic academia is just philosophy of a different color. Yeah, um, I, I would, yeah, I, would yeah. I would 100% agree. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a yeah.
0: mo- oh, well, philosophy is kind of the birthplace of every uh, school of academia we have, right? That's correct, correct. About. Yeah, like Pythagoras like, was in and math- of
1: himself a philosopher, <clears throat> but also like mathematician, and so much, yes. so much of classical traditions start there. Yeah,
0: it's uh you don't have. You don't have math, you don't have science, you don't have physics
2: without philosophy.
1: Well, because every one of those <laughs> is just a way to understand the world, yep. right? So, Correct. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, it, the uh, sciences were built out of natural philosophy, mm. you know, in the 16th, 17th, 18th century. Exactly. So uh and then we got the social sciences spreading out from there, and that's where you get into things like <laughs> sociology and whatnot. So, it's all philosophy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yes at a point it seems like as you delve into it there the philosophy attempts to at some point in time answer every question <laughs> in the world and it seems to be overwhelming and a giant beam is coming down <laughs> on
1: you. <laughs> i mean the beauty of it is the fact that every philosophical discussion is going to come with its own baggage and usually will acknowledge that <laughs> in some way um even if they're not doing so overtly, you can read it on the page where they're coming from. Like so much of Nietzsche, when you read Nietzsche, is Nietzsche was growing up in a very particular period and had some very particular experiences, like seeing the first railguns in World War I as a battle medic. Yes. you are definitely right. going to be anti-technology at times of your life if you see your friends ripped apart by a railgun. <laughs> uh, i i uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> yeah.
0: i'm gonna completely hijack th- this discussion and go in a completely new direction Excellent. i wanted to do something i've been we have a talking recently so every now and then like i know in the past we used to do the the blog reviews when we did the old Wobblies and Wizards podcast, but we, I, we were talking. Like, what well, maybe we should highlight a few, a few blogs and things like that. Like last week, we had talked a little bit about the Poop Sheet Foundation and put them out there because I thought they were doing some cool stuff. Uh, and they're putting out all kinds of zines and stuff online, mm-hmm. making a zine database. It's really neat. But I, I ran across a neat blog article that may not be as 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 vast as a as a as the Poop Sheet Foundation with all their. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I wanted to kind of see you sit, talk about some of them, bring some of them to folks' attention. And if you're listening to the program, if you go over to the hoboscollective.com or in the show notes, I'll make sure there's links to these blog posts in there to talk about. But I, I noticed on Ocularsomnambulus.blogspot.com, which is one that I know I've brought up in the past on the show, there is this really cool post. If you're into old school essentials, OSE or like BX, there, I I appreciate this because they have a new class there for it, uh, the sailor, and I feel that's such a great one mm-hmm. to add to the group on the old school essentials yeah. <laughs> and blue you and i yeah. you were talking about doing something uh with a campaign and i know that i keep on saying hey you know if i would do old school essentials i'd be thrilled <laughs> here's this <laughs> well here's and, and i know what you were talking about was more pirate oriented but here's the sailor old class right there and i will put the link to that from the somnambulist. so you get your sailor class It works in hit dice for the sailor class is d8 the prerequisite prime requisite for it is charisma and then of course it has uh minimums Uh-oh. on the, on the on the on the uh on the stats you need to have a minimum constitution of 9 and dexterity of 13 uh their sailors are nimble fighters they get a a, a group a list of sailor skills uh, including identifying ships flying navigating opening locks and it's done very uh OSEBX where you roll a 6 as in the chances are like 3 and 6 4 and 6 5 and 6 now I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest these look like better chances than a lot of the old, a lot of the thief skills and stuff like that. for so. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a neat post. I will put the link to that there. It looks like the sailor here goes up to level 14. So that's a useful thing to have. Have you all seen anything cool on the internet? Any cool blogs people are putting out there with game stuff or anything that's
1: might be more interesting than not game stuff? <laughs> um uh- my favorite blog right now is actually luke gearing's blog the guy that did uh he did like gradient descent for mothership he did the Mm -hmm. aisle um he's done a handful of stuff yeah exactly um he uh has a post from way back in uh february of uh, 2021 which is his like principles of thinking adventures which is his like thoughts on gaming and game design
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and they it begins with uh Systems, as in combat systems, offer a trade: your freedom in exchange for something else. <laughs> every one of the every one of his little uh, steps here and principles is very anarchistic in its way of looking at game design, oh, and I, like I really appreciate that because it's so much about. I know that some people think that designing a game uh, should be about adhering to a system of what people need to run the game. I think at the end of the day, we're all just trying to capture that feeling of being kids and playing pretend in some way. And sometimes those game, those game designs that have too many too many mechanics are there to gum up the works of that experience. I uh, yeah, I've had that yeah. experience. <laughs> I've had that experience.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what this
1: <laughs> principle, most of his principles really hint at is the gumming up of the works of the experience. I appreciate oh. that.
0: And what's the what's the actual URL
1: for the blog? Oh, uh I believe his blog is lukegearing.blo.t.im. And I will make sure we get a, a link to that
0: article. I will try to put specifically on there if possible.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I had one here that I uh stumbled on recently. It's uh from less than three games.com. It's the less than three blog. And it was posted initially back on May. 4th of 2020 by Mark over there, and it's uh, called Author, Actor, Audience, and it's just uh, kind of going over how when you're playing, uh, in this particular blog they really cover story games more than specifically TTRPGs, so also including things like Fiasco, Yes, but uh, how any given point in time when you're playing a story-driven game, you are going to be what at least one of ath- actor author or audience and uh, kind of goes on to talk about the uh, when you're designing a game, considering how that's going to impact players mm-hmm. you know uh, how are you going to put in mechanics or parts or elements of the game that will kind of encourage those roles and also allow people playing to know, When it's time to step into one of those roles, Mm -hmm. and I I think that's that's a really important and kind of ties into you know (laughs) spectacles, the big
0: all-seeing eye, the audience. (laughs) Oh, this this brings up so many so many uh, 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 points. At this point, I think I think I could ramble on for a while uh, talking about the uh, observation, observing um, what is empirical. There's a lot of philosophy done around some of that. So that's an interesting blog post to bring up in relation <laughs> to this. <Yep. laughs> Especially the stage aspect in that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I like that. I appreciate that. We're about out on time. Uh, Seth, can you tell folks where people can
1: go online to find some of your works and yeah. can find you on the internet? Uh, yeah. You can find me at uh, Sethian.itch.io for any of my works. I'm also on Twitter at boltneckopossum Opossum and Blue Sky in the same way. Uh, as far you, as, go ahead. Did you just, did you put, do you have something new there recently
0: on it? I, I was looking at it, was yeah, 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 it. I, I just
1: posted, I just posted this fun little uh, pamphlet adventure by, uh, has art by Evelyn Moreau. Oh, nice. She's great. Um, and it's just like gremlins on a plane. What if gremlins happen on a plane? Oh, good. Uh, that's <laughs> the entire premise. And it's just a little pamphlet, fun little, you know, bre- beer and pretzels RP. Um, for Liminal Horror. Uh, we'll we'll post a link to that in the show
0: notes if you're interested in checking it out we'll check it, uh, it
1: was it was it was only like 250 or somewhere along the yeah, line. yeah yeah it's yeah. real cheap uh and then spectacle will launch uh september 25th on kickstarter um just trying to uh get the money together that are printing the document is done it's just uh getting stuff out there printed
0: excellent well we're looking forward to it blue where can they find you on the internet
2: oh i am available at that blue wizard on threads and Instagram. Uh
0: you can find me at patreon.com
2: backslash crom.
0: <laughs> you can also find our the 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 what is it that called the not, not the Kickstarter, the the backer. No, 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 my brain's gofundme Go that we have for the
1: show
0: <laughs> 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 is out there as well. I'll, I'll make sure to put a link for the print shop we've been working on and and uh, you can find me on most most social media at LogarHailCrom. You can find us, HobosCollective.com. And as always, keep those dice rolling.